Hello, hello! I'm Jordan, and I am the podcast host of Forever Blooming. If you guys don't know me, if you guys are hearing me for the first time, hello! How are you doing? I really hope you enjoy our podcast. So, it is just me today, and I will be talking a lot about the romanticization of mental health and the media. And when I say media, that can be covering across all sort of medias as far as just like social media as well as some news outlets etc 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 movies you know the vibe so (laughs) in today's episode i do want to make some disclaimers we do have some trigger warnings in place for this episode that you should know about before you start listening so this episode we will have mentions of suicide self-harm rape sexual assault and bullying And that mainly comes from talking about the show 13 Reasons Why, and if you have watched 13 Reasons Why, you definitely understand why we have all those trigger warnings. So yes, if you are not in a safe space right now, if you are not mentally capable of listening to such dark topics, I would completely advise you to click off this episode and go watch or go listen to another one of our other episodes. So today we will be talking again about the romanticization of mental health as well as the sort of complex issue of faking or self-diagnosing mental health conditions which we'll be mentioning social media and the trend the uh, trend of faking the dissociative identity disorder which in other words is named DID and TikTok and the sort of relationship between that Um, and lastly we will be talking about the incorrect representation of mental health in the media in general so yeah stick around and you can hear tons and tons of information about that but first we will of course be doing our rose thorn bud and for those of you who don't know our rose thorn bud is basically going over our rose a highlight success small win or something positive that happened today or within the last week and our thorn which is a challenge you experienced or something you could use more support with and lastly our bud which are some new ideas that have blossomed or something that you're looking forward to knowing more about or experiencing and that being said i do got, want you guys to participate and tag along in doing your own little rose thorn bud so you can check in with yourself make sure you're mentioning a lot of positives and maybe mention a lot of negatives that you need some more support with and potentially you know talk to people about those negatives if you can but it's important to check in with ourselves which is why we have a rose thorn bud so just to get started my rose of the week i have been like really really obsessed with this show called imposters on netflix i actually just got finished watching it before Uh, I started this episode so it's really just running through my mind like the show's plot is muy bien the shows (laughs) the show's characters are so complex and the storyline the writing the cinema photography wait how do you say that cinema I think cinema 
photography, something like that. The shooting, like the photos, the video quality, etc. Everything about that show is just amazing and I absolutely love it and I would absolutely advise you guys to go watch it. I know that's not like a life-changing thing, but it's important to uh, recognize the small sort of things that make you happy as well. So yeah, Impostors is such a good show and it's been keeping me like preoccupied and um, totally in tune with the show because it's excellent. I love it. I haven't watched that good of a show in a long time and I know I'm hyping it up so if you guys don't like the show after listening to it because I'm recommending it, oh well because I, I love that show so much. <laughs> so moving on to a more uh, sad sort of perspective you know I was just really happy talking about imposters but to move on to my thorn um honestly it's the end of the year and I'm almost graduating from high school um, just so you guys know I do graduate in December I'm a senior and I'm kind of just contemplating the end of high school and the sort of journey to the next chapter so it's been a lot of conflicting feelings. There's been a lot of like happiness because it's finally over. <laughs> and there's also been just a lot of uh, reminiscing about past times, especially the traumatic sort of times while I was in high school. And just thinking about how every day will change essentially since I won't be in high school. So, yeah, it's a lot to process, but I will get there eventually. And a bud, I is sort of in relationship or in relation to um, my thorn. I am super excited to start college and just again start that new chapter, even if I am afraid. But I'm also looking forward to our open mic night. I did say this last time but I did want to put out some information about our open mic night. It will be postponed to December 4th due to just some scheduling issues on our sides. I'm so sorry about that. So if you do want to sign up for our open mic night, you can definitely, definitely do that or follow us on our social medias to get more information about that. Um, there is prizes involved, so who doesn't like prizes? <laughs> so yeah, that being said, I'm looking forward to the future and my time in college as well as just some new projects that Forever Blooming is going to pursue while we have been uh, expanding our or organization. So that being said, we will jump right into topic one and just talk about the basis of the romanticization of mental health. But before we get started, I do want to put out a disclaimer out there. All research that we use in this episode is based on United States statistics, so it may be different depending on where you live, so just keep that in mind. So if you guys don't know, the definition of romanticization in general, just to break it down a bit, to romanticize something is to think about or describe something as being better or more attractive or interesting than it really is. So if you're really thinking about the de definition of romanticize, then we can sort of talk about the romanticization of mental health, which is describing mental health as more attractive than it really is. And a lot of people, well I wouldn't say a lot of people, though the people who do romanticize mental health 
view it as something that is tragically beautiful to put it into a few words um well two words i guess <laughs> not a few um which i'm going to talk about why seeing mental health as something that is beautiful beautiful or like this tragic uh story we will we will get into the sort of meanings or underlying tones behind tragically tragically beautiful because i have a lot to say i mean i have a podcast you know you guys know i have a lot to say <laughs> so i do want to say the basis of romanticization of mental health is being amplified by social media and those who do have a social media account have probably seen this before in their lifetime I can definitely say that if you had social media for a long time, you've definitely seen like those depression accounts. Um, I used to follow depression accounts even when I was just like in this deep, deep, deep hold of just, ugh. It was a, a really bad period of time in my life. Um, but just seeing those sort of depression accounts, whether that's on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, etc any other social media platform there is and just seeing this sort of aesthetic post I you guys can't see me right now but I put aesthetic in quotation marks these aesthetic posts videos and edits which often contain like very very vivid and graphic images of suicide and self-harm scars and just people crying and just trying to make depression and mental health conditions in general this sort of beautiful yet again tragic thing um another example would be just mental health jokes i can't stand when people say just kill yourself haha i hate i hate it with a passion i know that some people say haha kill yourself as a joke but when you're handling suicide like that as if it's just a matter that should be joked about it, it it makes me so angry to say the least or if people just like casually say oh i'm so ocd about something or i'm so ocd about the way that my books are arranged or the way that my pencils are arranged or something like that or if somebody says oh she is acting so bipolar or he is acting so bipolar or the weather is so bipolar it's just a sort of normal thing that we have built into our vocabulary so many people use mental health conditions as a sort of way to describe daily things that we go through and just joking about it in general and um, another example would just be like trivializing um trivializing trivialization through like mental health memes and stuff and again just joking about serious matters there have just been so many memes where somebody says oh this bad thing is gonna make me kill myself haha or hey, just having these awful memes that contain very very serious matters that are related to mental health and again just trivializing it in general and the more we casually just talk about these experiences and just joke about these experiences pers um, more accurately it's sort of affecting the way that we communicate 
And what I mean by that is just if you sort of casually throw out these um, jokes about mental health, jokes about what you're suffering from, jokes about like self-deprecation in general, then it's sort of lessening the effect of communication. People will sort of say, oh, you're just joking because they hear you say all of these um, mental health jokes about yourself. Um, for example, just to be more and more clear, because I suck at explaining at things, my friend, they have such a lovely, lovely soul, but they joked about their mental health so many times, like talking about personal experiences and being like, haha, lol, that's so quirky. Just joking about your own personal experiences that you are sort of saddened about or even just traumatized about it sort of lessens the effect of how people re will react. People will start thinking that you're joking every time that you mention something that's actually traumatizing in your life and they'll say, oh, you're just joking, we don't really have to worry about you. Or just sort of minimizing your mental health conditions or mental health struggles in general. Like, if they hear you constantly joking about your own bad experiences, they might think less of the bad experiences, they'll start being desensitized and less worried about you and the sort of things you are going through. So trivialization can definitely be a um, strain on communication in general when talking about mental health and helping others with their mental health. So for example, Tumblr in particular has allowed teenagers and young adults to share and sh create unfiltered posts about mental health conditions and that sort of unrestrained unfiltered posts about mental health conditions can both lead to a lot of the depression aesthetic posts that we talked about earlier or just the mental health jokes or trivializing your own problems it can also lead to people who need actual um, help like professional help that is and not receiving it because it's on a social media platform and people aren't going to take it as seriously but let's talk about the sort of negative effects that are caused by the romanticization of mental health so if you're constantly romanticizing mental health you sort of make it seem like it's something that is easily overcomable Overcomable is not a word. That is not a word at all. Okay, so basically portraying mental health as if it's sort of this beautiful thing. It's sort of like in a very negative trope that people will start to, first of all, stigmatize it in general because they'll start to think, oh, that's just another depression uh, aesthetic post video or things like that and just scroll right past it and maybe even shame it maybe even think it's dumb because it's portraying mental health in a very like again aesthetic and beautiful way and it also just portrays mental health as if it's something that is very normal well i wouldn't say normal because mental health conditions are normal but it portrays mental health as if it's not a serious issue, as if it's something that, again, you could just fix and 
be okay, sort of trivializing it again and minimizing the issue itself. And it can downplay the life-changing struggles of mental health. And I can assure you, those who struggle with their mental health can testify that it is not a beautiful thing. And it is, again, a sort of lifelong struggle. I don't know why I said again. I never said that. It is a life-changing and lifelong struggle that is such a overwhelming thing at times such a traumatizing thing at times and it in no way can be portrayed as beautiful because it is something that a lot of people go through yes and it is a normal thing but that does not mean that it should be held up to this high standard held up to or something that you want to reach because it's this tragically beautiful thing and you want to be aesthetic like you've seen in these depression posts on social media. And misreputation does not cause a lot of good. Misreputation actually does more harm than good. Um, I mean, it's good to sort of bring awareness to these issues and bring awareness to mental health in general, but at the same time, misrepresentation can allow people to make incorrect assumptions about mental health. Like I mentioned earlier, some people might shame it or think it's cringy because they saw it on a social media page. And it can allow people to think that depression is just simply being sad when it's so much more than just being sad. And it can just lead people to believe that mental health conditions is just a part of who they are and that therapy is this sham that we should never sort of um, seek if we wanted to seek help. A lot of people, well I wouldn't say a lot of people, but those who romanticize mental health sort of see themselves as being defined by the depression, being defined by their anxiety, being defined by any sort of mental health condition they have if they do have that mental health condition and sort of have pride in it and become addicted to the sense of being tragically beautiful and they might think that they don't want to get better because they are this sort of aesthetic being and that therapy will not help therapy is not something that should be seeked therapy is again a sham and I'm not gonna lie, in middle school, <sighs> I was definitely, definitely somebody who romanticized mental health. And as much as I am ashamed to say it, I was. Um, and when I actually started sort of experiencing these life-changing feelings and just these overwhelming feelings, I, it started to sink in that wow this is a serious thing and this is not something that i would ever want to put on somebody else and i can't believe i even <laughs> romanticized it in a way as if it was just something that was so i guess uh what's the word something that is so beautiful something that i want for myself something that i need to sort of fit in i guess um and it can lead to just a lot of misdiagnosing and or incorrectly labeling what's actually going on which is a sort of 
transition into the next topic we want to talk about. Um, and if you don't remember, our next topic is uh, faking or why did I say it like that? Faking. Okay. <laughs> faking or self-diagnosing mental health conditions. And then we all, um, and then we will get briefly into the sort of DID trends on TikTok that happened like months ago. I don't know how recent that was, but I just remember it was a thing that happened. So I do want to talk or make another disclaimer because I do want to recognize that uh, faking mental health conditions or self-diagnosing is a very, very complex issue. It's a very sensitive issue. And I would never want to just dismiss those who are wondering if they have a serious mental health condition or comparing the symptoms to the research or going through a rough time and just wanting help from others but don't know how to get it or can't get it professionally. So again, it's a very complex issue and it's something that I'm still trying to wrap my head around and not trying to be, again, offensive or dismissive of those people. And I do want to say, please correct me if I'm wrong, if I say anything that is out of line, because I do want to address this in the most sort of accurate and not shameful, not stigmatizing way. I, I do make mistakes and I'm aware that I can make mistakes. So yes, it is a very complex issue. Just want to put out this disclaimer. I would never want to be like somebody who says, oh, you're just doing it for attention or just somebody who is just being awful about mental health in general. Um, somebody who's very ignorant towards mental health conditions. I would never want to be that person. So yeah, that being said, let us talk about this. So let's start with faking mental health conditions. So I do want to make the sort of statement that faking mental health conditions or the perception that somebody is faking a mental health condition is literally how the statement doing it for attention rose and as much as i hate that statement as much as i want to uh just be rude to anybody who says that or be rude to anybody who um anybody who believes that somebody is faking it or doing it for attention so that being said, I do want to say that the statement doing it for attention is just very, very ignorant. It is very, very harmful to those who receive that comment, especially those who are just going through such a very, very awful time. I myself have received that comment, and when I tell you I felt very dismissed, very uh, ostracized as if I should be ashamed about my own mental health, which we recently did do an episode on that episode 10 if you haven't checked that out <laughs> you know self promo is everything so <laughs> the statement doing it for attention is very harmful is what i'm getting at and then it will have people think that mental health conditions aren't real or mental health conditions don't exist i don't know i don't know why i said aren't real and don't exist like those aren't two synonyms so, that being said, 
that sort of perception is very harmful. Um, I myself am not entirely sure that there is somebody out there that is genuinely faking mental health conditions with just the intention of being malicious, I guess. I don't think faking mental health conditions are or is an issue that somebody does willy-nilly. I feel like it is just an issue that if somebody was per se faking a mental health condition, maybe they are really going through something or maybe they really want somebody's help or maybe they're angry about something, maybe there is just a lot of background underneath that and even so, I still feel as if those who sort of amplify their own mental health struggles are again going through something and really just want somebody to help them out not because it'll give them this sort of uh boost of energy because everybody is looking at them and they just need this sort of attention i do think there is a background behind it and that there is a need to find themselves per se or a need to have somebody help them through something or just something deeper than that. I don't think anybody fakes it just to fake it, basically, is what I'm saying. But at the same time, when somebody does fake mental health conditions, despite the sort of underlying intent, it can cause a lot of harm. Um, like I said, we do want to talk about the sort of DID trend on TikTok. I have heard that there have been an in increase of those who are faking DID, but at the same time, I again, I don't think that they're just faking DID willy-nilly or that they want attention and that they want likes and comments. Maybe they're just trying to figure out themselves, figure out what sort of mental health conditions that they do have, figuring themselves out or need help in another area of their life, need some support, whether that is from online people or their own family and friends, or maybe they're just trying to find a community to fit into because they're feeling lonely. I don't know. But that being said, faking DID can spread a lot of false information about DID because only people with DID, Dissociative Identity Disorder, for those who need to be reminded, only those with DID can only know the ins and outs of DID. They will know their own from their own experiences the ins and outs of it. And even if a therapist, psychologist, mental health professional is researching and knows about DID because that's what they went to school for, they're never going to truly experience it or know how it is personally. They're only going to know the perception of it from what they have seen in their textbooks and then try to treat people with DID um, from an outside perspective. So if you are just pretending to have DID, then you can, again, spread false information because you will never truly know the ins and outs of somebody who has that mental health condition. And if somebody is discovered to be faking DID, then many people will then doubt that DID even exists 
and it can cause backlash against the DID community itself. So that being said, there are just a lot of negative consequences of faking mental health conditions, especially with that sort of trend on TikTok with the multiple people who are faking DID. And on the other side of the spectrum, we have self-diagnosing, which again is a very complex issue. And self-diagnosing is just somebody really trying to figure out who they are, figure out their signs and symptoms more about themselves and how they should navigate the world knowing these signs and symptoms. But sometimes it can just lead to a lot of misdiagnosis. Um, you can only research so much and you can only know so much from your own personal experience. You could think that you have depression, but really it's bipolar disorder because they do have similar symptoms when somebody is in a depressive phase when they're in uh, when they have bipolar disorder, it is similar to depression itself because they share similarities, but you can also have manic symptoms, which you don't really know much about because you just feel really, again, manic. So you can think you have depression and actually have that bipolar disorder, or you can have bipolar disorder and think it's depression. That being said, you can lead to a lot of misdiagnosis and if you go to a mental health professional and then say oh yeah I have depression but when it's really bipolar disorder you can receive incorrect treatment and it overall will not be helpful to you or the mental health professional who is trying to help you and if you are trying to seek support from people you know such as your family or friends strangers whoever you want to discuss about it with you can potentially spread misinformation about the mental health condition and it's not necessarily your fault it's just because you think this ha you have this condition and you're really just trying to navigate the world knowing about your mental health uh, struggles but again it can cause the spread of misinformation so i do want to say it's important to do your proper research do not take one of those freaking buzzfeed quizzes and be like if you <laughs> if you fill out your favorite foods we'll guess how depressed you are if you have depression don't take random quizzes online that are like do you have depression do you have bipolar disorder and it's like a five question quiz that is irrelevant and don't basically don't take those quizzes and then just claim that diagnosis as what it is there's definitely 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 so much more to it even if you think you find this very accurate quiz online there is so much more to diagnoses that a quiz can't really tell you only if you're um, in constant contact with a mental health professional that can sort of track your behaviorisms and your symptoms and your signs there's so much more to it mental health is very personal it is a different experience for everyone while there are similarities there's definitely more different perspective uh, different experience for everybody that has a mental health condition and also 
I don't believe a lot of people do this, but some people do, don't simply trust social media pages because there can be a lot of false info. Social media is like your least, least reliable source, honestly. Even if you're like following this really up-to-date uh, news Instagram page, there can still be false information because really they're just trying to see what works in the algorithm. algorithm and type these things that might be misleading, such as the freaking headlines that you see on Twitter, like the news headlines that are just incorrect in general. So don't trust social media pages, don't trust quizzes online, and try to use info from verifiable websites. And that could be like government websites. Um, for example, the, uh, I believe it's called NAMI or, national I, I don't know just find verifiable websites verifiable websites such as government websites or research papers with very um, good documents or um, references is what I'm saying and just maybe even a psychology book I don't know try to find verifiable resources and research the sort of signs and symptoms yourself yourself and try to see how much you relate to it because um, it is important to know the background of the mental health conditions and educate yourself on mental health in general whether you have a mental health condition or not so when you are researching that information from these verifiable websites you should definitely reach out to a therapist or a mental health professional who can help you and try to talk you through this and see if you really do have this supposed mental health condition that you think you have. Because at the end of the day, you are one person. You are not this just uh, mental health professional that you think you are because you've done this research online. And while it's a very good thing that you did a lot of research, you should still take it up with a therapist or mental health professional that can help guide you through the way. And that being said, we can definitely move on to the incorrect representation of mental health and the media. So as far as just the romanticization of mental health and how that is portrayed on social media with faking or self-diagnosing, we should definitely go to the more broader aspect and the more uh, broader level of mental health representation, which again is just the media. And I do want to say the media is such a powerful tool. We claim to know this whenever we view material online, but we still are subjected to the information within media. We will be impacted by whatever we see or hear, no matter how much we know, how much of a powerful tool the media is. That's why a lot of people believe propaganda. That's why a lot of people don't know or why there was a lot of backlash with the COVID-19 vaccine. And 
just a lot of different perspectives, a lot of news covering the COVID-19 vaccine, a lot of misinformation and valuable information mixed in the two, which cause them divide because we believe what we see or hear. And it's very, very, very accessible to the general public. It's widespread and it can be beneficial or harmful depending on the source you are getting it from. Um, depending on whether the source is reliable, whether the information is accurate or just something they're trying to um, shock you with, just something they're trying to bring out strong emotions with, despite it not being completely 100% informational or accurate. So that why, that's why it's definitely, 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 definitely easy for misinformation to spread. And really, it's all about being careful with what you put out there. As a sort of audience that is viewing the media, you will be subjected to your own views and outlooks on the actual media. You will be impacted by the media because that's just what we humans do. We believe what we see or hear. I cannot stress that enough. So yourself as a human being, should be careful with what you put out there. Try to um, deal out information carefully. Try to be as just accurate as possible and try to not spread as many lies. Try to stand from whatever point you stand with accurate information that helps people. And as much as I can say this, you know, it, people still put whatever they want out there, but I don't know, just be careful. Just be careful. <laughs> That's exactly why I know a podcast is something that people are impacted by and why I try to put as much research in po as possible. I say I, but I, we, I really have this amazing, amazing team behind me that helps me produce these episodes and having people um, listen to these episodes on my team that help me to not put out information that is ill-informed so yeah just even even if I am even if I do have a wonderful team and if I do have background knowledge I still will unfortunately put out st stuff that is um, that will be taken and taken any way that it will be taken, whether that's a positive view or a negative view. But the most important thing is to just be careful in general and be aware of what you're doing and what you're putting out there. So that being said, let's talk about the positive and negative media surrounding mental health. So good media surrounding mental health is responsible, accurate, and balanced. They help the community better in understanding the experience of mental health conditions by including the perspective of people with mental health conditions, careers, and mental health workers, and encouraging help-seeking behavior. Positive media makes every effort to use language that is beneficial to the mental health cause such as or well avoiding negative ling language as well such as happy pills for antidepressants 
this is the point in the episode where I cannot formulate sentences properly or words properly. So bear with me, we will get through this. <laughs> so again, positive media tries to avoid inappropriate language such as happy pills for antidepressants or just labeling people with mental health conditions as a lunatic or a psycho or a schizo or you know anything that is deemed inappropriate to refer to somebody handling or dealing with a mental health condition. So the person tries to be responsible, accurate, and balanced and tries to use appropriate language knowing their audience, knowing the people tuning in, and knowing their posers at that, knowing that people will be in opposition with them, but trying to um, spread this accurate information that can benefit the mental health cause instead of fuel the sort of pre negative preconceived notions that opposers do have of mental health. And as far as negative media goes, it's just the complete opposite. <laughs> it may not be responsible, it may not be accurate, and it may not be a balanced sort of neutral outlook and use inappropriate language such as the language that I listed earlier or negative media can contain a lack of representation of characters with mental health conditions in general. So it's either just a collection of negative information that hurts the mental health cause or just a lack of representation in general and when there is representation it is often just a negative view or negative outlook on mental health conditions like in movies one in four people with mental health conditions kill someone or are portrayed as hurting others or people with mental health conditions just most likely to be involved in violence in general. And I do want to say that this is often just in reference to people with schizophrenia, which, which contributes to the overall stigma against schizophrenia and even just mental health conditions that are not talked about in general, which I should definitely have an episode in the future about that. You know what? That that would be a good episode. I will definitely make an episode with that. Look at me, just <laughs> brainstorming ideas while talking about the podcast. <laughs> but um, there is just a sort of inaccurate example of mental health conditions or just a lack of representation in general. And that just leads me to 13 Reasons Why. Ooh, that show gets on my nerves to say the least. <laughs> so 13 Reasons Why can both be seen as a sort of positive uh, representation of mental health conditions and it can also be seen as a very, very, very negative representation of mental health conditions. and. I can definitely say, as a person who has watched like three seasons of the show, I believe that's all the uh, amount of seasons that are out right now, as a person who has sat through all of that in hopes that they will represent mental health conditions more positively, uh, it is definitely a more negative <laughs> representation over the positives, honestly. 
but we will start off with the positives. It, I do want to say that 13 Reasons Why is a show that definitely brought exposure of mental health to the general public. Again, media is a very widespread and accessible thing to many people, so I commend 13 Reasons Why in trying to expose people to the ins and outs of mental health conditions and especially choosing the taboo, taboo topic of suicide in general. It sort of is a outlet that doesn't necessarily put shame on the idea of suicide and I do want to make it clear that suicide is a very tragic thing. I would never want anybody to think it's not a tragic thing and it's definitely something that should be brought to more attention and I also want to say that even though 13 Reasons Why has some very messed up notions about suicide, it doesn't necessarily put a lot of shame on the idea of suicide. We shouldn't shame it per se because everybody has a reason of why they would consider or did commit suicide. We should never shame the people who have suicidal thoughts or have committed suicide, people who died due to suicide, because it's just a sort of thing people do when they are fed up with all of their sort of trauma and negative emotions and negative experiences, but that also doesn't mean that we should glorify suicide, which is something that 13 Reasons Why does, and I hate, I hate that. So it does glamorize suicide and it doesn't really discuss it as much as a serious issue as it should suicide is definitely a serious issue and should be brought to people's attention as a more neutral thing and a tragic thing um, so it sort of puts suicide on this sort of pedestal as something that is a mystery that needs to be solved throughout the whole show and it betrays suicide as an act of revenge against her former classmates. If you guys don't know, if you haven't watched 13 Reasons Why, good on you. Don't watch that show. <laughs> so, um, if But if you don't know, uh, Hannah Baker is a girl that committed suicide due to just the negative experiences that she received or traumatic experiences I should say that she received from multiple of her classmates before she died. She was raped, she had a lot of experience with sexual assault and self-harm and bullying in general. And again, suicide is something that people commit when they are overwhelmed when or consider commit or consider when they are overwhelmed or just tired of the negative experiences which is why i applaud 13 reasons why for showing the sort of story of somebody who might consider suicide but at the same time after she dies they portray it as a mystery or just like this act of revenge and most of all um, I do want to say that suicide is very, very, very rarely planned out in this sort of methodical way, like the way that she freaking left tapes for, what's his name, Clay, after she died? Like, no. 
<laughs> she left these clips as if he needed to solve the mystery of why she died. And that is such an inaccurate representation of suicide. Nobody thinks, okay, I'm gonna plan this really, really uh, thorough sort of plan to uh, make sure people know what really happened to me. No, they're they're not gonna, they're just not gonna do that. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. <laughs> In addition to the sort of way that the suicide happened and the aftermath, it makes, it overall makes suicide seem like it's a viable option for teenagers or adults or the elderly, who knows? It just promotes suicide in a way that if people are doing awful things to you, if you're going through trauma, then suicide should be the way out. That is my main, 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 main reason why I hate 13 Reasons Why, because when I watched it, again, I sort of felt the vibes of suicide being a vital option. I was struggling with suicidal thoughts, and if you are struggling with suicidal thoughts, do not, especially do not th watch 13 Reasons Why like I did. But as somebody who was suicidal, it made it seem as if suicidal was this beautiful thing that I could do because I was facing all this trauma, and that is an awful thing to sort of experience or think after watching a show about it. If you're watching a show about suicide or ingesting material related to suicide, you should never think that it's a viable option after watching or listening to this material or media. You should think that it's a, again, tragic issue and not something that should be considered, or if you are considering it, that you should seek help for it. That should be the appropriate outcome. And that wasn't for many people. And after people watched 13 Reasons Why, there was a 28.9% increase in suicide rates among US uh, teens and students around the ages of 10 to 17 within that same month that 13 Reasons Why came out. And that is, I, I laughed. But I didn't mean like in a sort of a, that's hilarious sort of a way, like that is absolutely unbelievable type of way. Like, so many people felt the effects of 13 Reasons Why and thought that it would be okay to commit suicide, that it was appropriate to commit suicide because I saw somebody in this Netflix show do it and the result caused a lot of loss and trauma and sadness and grief for the families who had to watch their friend, their loved one, their sibling, etc. commit suicide. Not watch them commit suicide, but you know, deal with the grief surrounding suicide after someone you know passes away. And that's such an awful thing and that's really all i can say about it i can't say much else because it truly is just a horrible thing that this tv show that you're supposed to just enjoy for entertainment sort of led you into the spiral 
And I'm not saying that 13 Reasons Why is the reason that people were struggling with their mental health, but just, again, the promotion and glamorization of suicide led to so many people actually considering it and then people actually doing it and committing it. That's exactly why I hate 13 Reasons Why and their betrayal of mental health in general. And another thing about 13 Reasons Why is that there wasn't even a lot of mention about mental health conditions in the first season. Like, we know that Hannah Baker committed suicide, but she was never sort of depicted as somebody with depression, somebody with anxiety, someone someone with even PTSD. She was just depicted as a normal teenage girl that one day just up and decided to commit suicide. And if you're going to have that topic within your show, you should also talk about mental health conditions and how they affect people. Because 46% of people who die by suicide have a diagnosed mental health condition, which is a very, very, very high percentage. So to have a show about suicide and not mention a lot about mental health conditions in general is just a very non-consistent aspect of the show. But just to sort of put out some more positive mental health representation, you know, because 13 Reasons Why I surely like that. <laughs> the show Jessica Jones and the show This Is Us are some good mental health representations if you want to watch a TV show. And some books that I really, really love are um, Every Last Word or A Breath Too Late. Those books are such, such good mental health representations. And it's something that I could personally relate to and it touched my soul. <laughs> so if you do want to have sort of positive mental health representation media, then you should definitely watch those shows or read those books. And if you have not already, you should definitely listen to our podcast episode um, interviewing Rocky Callan because she is the author, author of A Breath Too Late and she is lovely. So yeah. <laughs> and that being said, that will be the end of our episode. Whew, it was a heavy one. Like, I, I really felt like I was going to tear up at certain points. But, you know, that, that's that's what happens when you talk about deep topics. But I'm very happy to talk about these sort of complex and deep topics. But that being said, our closing remarks. Our website is bloompod.wixsite.com slash podcast if you want to check it out more about us. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all at Forever Bloom Pod, plus on TikTok at Forever Blooming Podcast. And the research and transcript for this episode is on Forever Blooming's website in the extra section, as well as in the description of our episodes. If you have not checked the descriptions of our episodes, you can definitely find our research and transcripts. You know, I've never mentioned that. It's been the 12th episode now, and I've never mentioned that. It's in the descriptions. <laughs> but our podcast guest form is in our episode section if you want to be on Forever Blooming, as well as our audience spotlight form where you can ask for advice to be featured in one of our episodes. 
um we have an email called management at foreverbloompod.org please let us know your thoughts questions and how we can improve our podcast because we love 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 hearing from you (laughs) and be sure to check out our link tree in the description and make sure to like comment subscribe and share with your friends if you enjoyed this episode and have a great day afternoon or night whenever you're listening to this thanks for tuning in